Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi all, it's TV's Gail Porter here. I am so excited to tell you that I am joining the Paranormal Activity family and will be hosting a number of live podcast recordings across the UK. The first is on the 6th of March at London's haunted Richmond Theatre. Expect terrifying tales, audience interaction and hopefully a spirit or two. I can't wait for you to join me and to hear your own paranormal experiences. You can find tickets at www.paranormalpod.co.uk. There, there is nothing TMI for me. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, true. You've been, you've been inside many a person. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, in, in a in a medical capacity. In a medical capacity. Welcome to the world of loose lips. <laughs> wow, we're full. Well, yeah. we're going global. We're going global, honey, in 2024. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Hello and welcome to Loose Lips. I'm Robin Richford. And of course, the other dulcet tone is... Sophie Brown. Sophie Brown, beautifully said. We are so, so excited because we have a guest for you this week. But not just any guest, a doctor. A doctor, our first doctor, Dr. Curran. And he, oh my God, that was absolutely insightful, informative, funny. Okay, so she hasn't told you. We've already had the chat. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I thought it was obvious. I thought we were... (laughs) (laughs) With Dr. Curran. And um, we're still so excited because... You're absolutely right, so it really was incredible. But not just that, we really jumped into, you know, all of the things that you see on TikTok at the minute. We jumped into gut health, which is such a buzzword at the minute as well. What we actually need to be doing to to really kind of look after our health. And I was a bit disappointed, wasn't I? Because I really thought I was going to get a quick fix, so to speak. Oh, we've realised. We've got to put in the work, guys. We do. But honestly, there's there are some tips in there I am literally going to inject into my lifestyle right now. Now, if you don't know Dr. Curran, he is a, an NHS surgeon who specialises... Um, well, he'll tell you, actually. He'll tell you yourself exactly what he specialises in. But he also has a huge social media presence mm. across Instagram and TikTok, which is so prevalent. He's really out there debunking all of those myths that I guess we come across on the daily. What is fake news these days? We we don't really know, but he is telling us what is the fake news and he's doing it in a really fun way. Um, so we're so excited to have him on the pod and we hope you enjoy it. Enjoy, guys. Fantastic. So, so excited to be here with our first doctor, Dr. Curran. How are you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. 
you're more than welcome. It'd be great to find out a bit more. I mean, Robin and I have been, I've skimmed the book. I've been watching your TikToks. Honestly, what you do and the content you put out, it's fantastic. But it'd be good to find out a bit more about you and kind of where you started, you know, as a doctor and where you are now with social media and the book. Yeah, so I'm a surgeon in the NHS. I'm a bowel surgeon, so I deal with bowel cancers, all sorts of digestive issues from hemorrhoids to gallbladder problems uh, to hernias or appendicitis, so a bit of everything inside the body. If it's inside your body and it's going wrong inside your tummy, then chances are I'll be dealing with it. And the whole social media thing, you know, I never could have planned anything like this uh, to have happened, a book or a podcast or, you know, being on TikTok making videos. None of that was in the plan or in the script when I started as a medical student, uh, but here we are. I love it. So it's all thanks to Tommy. I feel like I need you in my life. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. Like how how is it, right, that we go through our whole lives, and I'm sure you find this as a doctor, we go through our whole lives and one thing that's so, so important is our diet and what we eat and what we consume, but yet it doesn't seem to really be like a huge emphasis when we're growing up. It seems to be more about kind of like, you know, inherently, what does your parents eat? I'll eat that too, sort of thing. Um, do you find as like a doctor, you look at people's diets and, and that has an impact when you're kind of going through all of these things? Yeah, massively. I mean, I sometimes will have clinics where I'm just dealing with problems related to people's diets. For example, things like irritable bowel syndrome, chronic constipation, hemorrhoids, all of these are often fixes because of the diet. So why does someone get chronic constipation or get pelvic organ prolapse or get hemorrhoids because they have a chronically low fiber diet? And I think the reason that a lot of the time we don't focus on the diet is because it's something, the consequence of a bad diet is often internal. We can't see it, so we can't act on it. In an age of social media and influencers where the emphasis seems to be on external metrics like your skin, your six pack, how you look, how big your muscles are, your hair, your makeup, <laughs> yeah. all sorts of things like that. These are external metrics and vanity metrics that we can change uh, potentially with supplements or whatever. But your gut health or your brain health or your internal body fat amount, those are things which I might see as a surgeon because I look inside people's abdomens, but the average person yeah. won't be able to see it. Yes, it's hard to measure, isn't it? Because you don't know where you're at, really. Whereas, like, if you're putting on a little bit of uh, Christmas weight, you know, you're very aware. Like, you can kind of see it and, and kind of think. One of the things just that you said there, can you, um, I'm jumping straight into debunking the myths. That's terrible of me. But, you know, this green powder that's all over my TikTok, should I be getting it? And in my cabinet. And in her cupboards, she's got it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can say the company, but let's say Shmashmesic Shmeans. Um, nice. <laughs> you know, there are all these green powders that people love to take because their favorite influencer or podcaster talks about them. And often yeah. there's doctors and scientists and health influencers talking about it. Uh, and really, there's nothing special to it, except that it probably makes your wallet lighter and it makes your pee and poo more expensive because. No, don't tell me. The fact is that the supplement industry started in the 1940s when people's diets were terrible. We were just coming out of depression era, post-World Wars. So food was in short supply and people had nutritional deficiencies. So when the first multivitamin came to the market in the 1940s, mm -hmm. it actually worked because it filled the gaps in people's diets. But now we have a food 
um, you know, we have got too much of a food issue. We don't have a food scarcity problem now. We've got too much that we know what to do with. Uh, so right now, the average person isn't lacking anything in their diet or certainly nothing that we can uh, not do to fix it. Like if you're lacking mm -hmm. vitamin C, you can go and eat an orange or eat some strawberries. You don't mm -hmm. need a pill. And a lot of them, you know, we, we don't absorb more than 100% of it. Oh, that's made me so sad. I, I just want a quick fix. And I'm sure you see that all the time. It's easier, isn't it? And like Soph says, it's literally in her cupboard. Yeah. And then the placebo thing's a thing as well, though, I think, isn't it? It's yeah, a placebo I... thing, but yeah. Social media is is just crazy because I, I myself um, have a few followers on Instagram. I do some, some brand deals and things like that. And it's really difficult out there. I saw one of your videos and I commend it. It was essentially turning down an opportunity, six-figure sum, uh, to go and you know promote a, a medical center overseas. And I've been offered plastic surgery in Turkey a couple of times. Yeah. And you know, I could I could go and I could go and take that, but I do try and kind of, you know, rest on my morals in the way of there's certain things I wouldn't push. And I can imagine for you, it's tenfold. And it's really disappointing, I think, as like a consumer, when I see someone sell themselves out, or, you know, medical pra practitioner who I'm watching, who I think, you know, I really believe in this person. Um, and then they push something and I find out that to be, you know, a fad or something. How do you navigate that? Because I mean, I think it's incredible, you know, you taking that standpoint, but social media is hard, man. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is so hard. And I can see why for a lot of people, it's tempting to cash out or make a quick buck because it's not even a small amount of money. Like you said, it can be huge sums of money, life-changing sums of money that brands can offer you to do all sorts of dodgy things. And if you think about it, oh, I'm just going to promote this. It's not that bad. And you get, I don't know, 20,000 pounds or something like that. It sounds great. And you know, you've got yourself, uh, you know, half a year salary or whatever it is. And I think for me anyway, as a medical doctor, I'm governed by the GMC in the UK, the General Medical Council. It's like the watchdog of doctors. So they're all obviously keeping an eye and seeing if I do anything rogue. Mm -hmm. But also just for me as well, it's the same thing I'm combating. So for me then to take the money from it, it completely destroys my integrity and all the following I've built. Yeah. And I think that's it, isn't it? It's about like that trust, isn't it? With your with your followers and like you say, are you, are you still working in the NHS now? You still yeah, still working yeah. forty hours a week. Oh wow! Sorry, do yeah. you sleep? What is happening here? <laughs> That's amazing. That is so so good. And increasingly harder to juggle both. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I bet it is. And like you say, you kind of didn't expect it all. So what kind of made you post that first video? Um. So I was actually making uh, videos online in, in YouTube in 2012 when I was still a medical student and the kind of short format TikTok stuff and Instagram came later in 2019, 2020. And honestly, it was just a bit of boredom. And one of my friends said, you know, you're always on TikTok. Why don't you, you know, just make something. And I made yeah. something about weird medical facts. This was in a 2019 TikTok was all about <laughs> lip syncing and dancing yeah. and I can't do either. So I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> Uh, made like weird medical facts, you know, three mm. quick weird facts about the body, like, you know, your stomach acid can dissolve razor blades, etc. And then next thing I know, I'm looking at my phone and it's got 100,000 views. And I had like wow. 100 followers. And I thought, wow, okay, let me keep doing this. And I realized people are interested in learning weird things about their body. Yeah. I, I mean, I just learned that right there. That's so yeah. cool. Exactly. Isn't so it? That same sort of stuff. And I kept doing mm. that rinse and repeat. And yeah. I've got a question for you, actually. How many times does someone come into you uh, as they're coming in for surgery and be like, listen, I've Googled it? Um, so 
they've people google things all the time like it's such a quick reach because you're not always going to be able to you know find the right opinion or get a meeting with your doctor and i fully advocate for people googling uh, their symptoms looking things up i mean a lot of doctors look stuff up all the time okay most doctors do but it's actually about where you look stuff up if i can direct you to the right place have at it. It's an amazing resource, the internet, but it's the wrong places which people go to. So like Healthline, WebMD, no. No. Okay. Because every time I look it up, anything I put in, it's like, I'm going to die. Death. Yeah. Yeah. Death. death. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, That's really interesting. Only because um, I actually, I posted something this morning about my contraceptive pill. I've taken it for 12 years and I was doing some research. And for the first time ever in my adult life, I've been like, I want to come off this. I don't know if I want to be taking this anymore. I don't know what its purpose is for me at the moment. And I just, it's weird. I had this like epiphany. I was Googling and it's very difficult online. Like, especially when you're Googling things, because a lot of these, you know, these websites, I just couldn't find the information I needed. I think most of most of the website said to stay on the pill. I then put that on my story out to my mostly female following. Um, and 95% said, get off it. I got off it recently. I'm feeling completely different. Like it's worked for me. It can be a bit of a tricky transition. Like online, it says I'm going to put weight on. I'm going to, my body's going to change. I'm going to get acne and all this stuff. It's It's scary. Like it puts you in a position where you're like, I don't know where to find the info. But actually, you know, I then took to TikTok and I put it on there and I started looking at things on there. And this, I think this human voice and especially from like professionals like yourself, that's what we need more of because like Google isn't helping anymore. And I just don't know whether to trust it or not or which site to go to, like you said. But, Mm. you know, you making this content is educating for people in a different way. And when it comes to, I guess, putting out your TikToks and obviously you're a doctor, it's exactly what you do. Do you feel like a responsibility because there are people, you know, like Soph that are, that's where they're getting their information from? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head there because TikTok is the new Google. Mm-hmm. I know so many people who are going on TikTok first and searching that thing, uh, you know, contraception or gut health or mm. hacks to do whatever, instead of going on Google because they're more likely to find those people with the same problems as them who are demonstrating it visually, right? On Google, you're looking at various websites. You don't know what to trust, but we tend to trust people more than we do like headlines or news Mm -hmm. articles. So I think that's why. And uh, yeah, I I mean, I I know more and more patients who are using, um, you know, TikTok. I'm being recognized by more patients as well. Is that weird? Yeah, Yeah, it's so weird. And I'm a little bit scared as well, because I wonder if people then start realizing which hospital I work in, and then start coming to that hospital and demanding to see me, that would be scary. Oh my gosh, I love that. I recognize you. Okay, no worries. Let me just look at your colon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There was a patient patient, uh, last year, I was about to do liver surgery on, and I was going to consent him. And he said, oh my God, I watch you on YouTube. And I was like, oh God, now I need to do this surgery perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's so true. I hadn't thought about like the impact on your day job. Because when you think about it, you, you've not got that autonomy. Autonomy? Is that the right word? Autonomy, yeah. Autonomy. That's the one. Um, at all, do you? So like now, I guess you've even got a responsibility there. Obviously, you always had a responsibility to do you know your best. But... Um, I can only imagine then there's people like, oh, wait a minute, he he was opening me up. 
Yeah. So I guess if there's, you know, um, all surgeons will have complications. Like it's yeah. just, just the nature of the job. Like you, some patient might get a wound infection. And it's nothing to do with, it's no one's fault. It just happens mm -hmm. sometimes or a wound breaks down or something happens. And I'm just dreading, like, you know, <laughs> say I have a complication and a patient then goes on social media and be like, this is the worst surgeon ever. And then it's like, oh, it's that TikTok guy. He's the worst <laughs> surgeon. So that's like, a big worry. <laughs> too much time on TikTok, not enough time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can see all the jokes and people are like, oh, that's why he's, you know, so yeah. It's... We're waiting for the meme and we're excited. Not that we'll share it, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will keep it to ourselves for sure. But it is an interesting kind of like, I guess, juxtaposition that you have, isn't it? With the online and obviously um, going into surgery every day. In terms of like your future and things like that, do you kind of, you still see that balance as it is at the minute? Or do you think you'd like to move, you know, further in one direction? So I think one of the things I definitely like to do going uh, forward is slightly dial back how much clinical work I do in the NHS. And that's mm -hmm. not just so I can focus on social media. It's also so I just have more time in my life because, mm. you know, working full time as an NHS doctor, it leaves you so little time to do anything else in your life. Like I've missed my birthdays and friends' birthdays and weddings because I couldn't yeah. get out of an on-call shift or a surgery list or something like that. And you know, I, I'm single at the moment, don't have any kids, obviously. And in the future, that is something that I would like to have. So mm -hmm. I'd want to be in a future where I'm not doing night shifts and I can spend time, you know, with family and things like that. Yeah, I it's think the balance of life, isn't it? It's never fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got, um, I suppose, uh, a slight, I, I'd never had any insight into it, but I read This Is Gonna Hurt, the, the, the yeah. book that's by... Um, I've forgotten his name, but it's a brilliant book. And then they made it into the uh, the show on BBC. But I was going to say, I watched the the ah. program, so oh, read yeah, the book. Care, this yeah. is very on brand. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, the book the book's different. You know, it's obviously it's about his life, but it, <laughs> it was incredible to read because I think it gave such insight into the NHS and you know what the, the amount of, of pressure and stress and you know that that you guys go through and it's crazy. Like you know, he missed every birthday. Yeah, you know, weddings. I think you know, it's, it's absolutely mental. And in the end, he couldn't do it anymore. And he moved into a different profession. And, you know, it kind of drove him to that. And it's, and it's, um, yeah, it gave a bit of insight into it. And I think that it's good to see that. But it's, it's difficult, I can imagine. Yeah, especially if you want kids in the future, it's just not a plausible, you know, resource of time. No, and, and I, you know, one of my best friends, she's an orthopedic surgeon, you know, deals with fractures and things like that. And she's 33, same age as me. And she has decided that she's not going to have kids until she's finished her all her training, and she's got a permanent job as a consultant. And that's so sad that, you know, like some women and a lot of people have to almost mm -hmm. put their biological functions and their wants and desires in their life on hold for their work because she knows that if she goes on mat leave or you know goes off and gets married or whatever that will affect her career that will affect her uh, job choices uh, and that you know that's terrible to have to make that decision would, yeah. would you um would you say I'm 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 kind of thinking I know the answer to this but it's affected your own you know building relationships yourself has it affected you over the years and uh sort of because it's sometimes so all-encompassing it's kind of all in you know you sometimes can't predict the shifts or you can't get out of it and you can't always get the time off that you want so say you want to go on annual leave in the first week of may 
you may not be able to because you've got some on-call shifts. And if you can't swap that with a colleague, then you're stuck mm-hmm. and you can't make those plans. And coordinating plans with other people is so difficult. So yeah, it, it can it definitely has an impact um, yeah. you know, in your kind of personal life, love life, everything. Yeah. I feel like the irony is is like doctors and nurses and all medical staff are there to like make us better. And then their work life balance, like, I don't know, I just find it so ironic. That's why that's why a lot of healthcare professionals go out with a lot of other healthcare professionals because right. their the, their shifts are so terrible that they sort of <laughs> suit each other. And I briefly was dating a nurse when I first started as a doctor, um, but then she actually left medicine and she moved to Australia. Not because of me. But, um, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> yeah, just for a better life, not not to get away from me. Yeah. No, it's funny. I love that you're like, yeah, we date, you know, like different medical professions rather than just like the nurses are cute. <laughs> nurses yeah, are, are so nice. They're she, so cute. She was an Irish nurse as well. She was oh, like, oh, you know, double whammy. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> That's it. They're just so caring as well. Yeah. That's it. Good food. Um, good food. <laughs> <laughs> I think we bonded over because she was assisting me putting in a catheter into an old man. I think we bonded over that. So mm. yeah, <laughs> nothing like a catheter to stay marriage really is yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> right. I want to jump into your book because of course you wrote a book, which I feel like um, in 2024, weird to say this, but it's actually not that common, especially if you've already got, you know, like the TikTok following, you've got that online presence, you know, you've got all of that going on. Why the physical book? What made you do it? So I think there's like a proportion of people who maybe aren't on social media, different demographic who get their news from WhatsApp forwarded messages or the TV or the newspaper. And we sometimes fail to miss that on TV, newspapers and radio, you still get the same crap misinformation that floats on social media. So that was one thing. But also, it's always been just an ambition of mine to actually write a book. And when I was first approached by Penguin, I'm thinking back to when I was a kid reading like Penguin classics and things like that. So when I read the name Penguin on my email list, I was like, holy shit, I need to write a book now for sure. And I think it's just something... You know, when you're reading a book, like whether it's Harry Potter or some crime novel or something, you're, you know, sitting there on your own in the zone and you're completely just now transported to that zone. When you're on social media, we often multitask TikTok with doing the laundry or watching TV or doing something else. Like we're not fully engaged in social media or anything else. But when you're reading a book, you're fully engaged in that book. And that's what I wanted. I wanted like a resource, like a manual or something that someone can dive into and just jump into that world of like medicine. Yeah. And there's something as well in my head that just goes, I feel like you can't do like fake news in a book. I'm sure you probably could if you wanted to, but it feels so black and white that I don't know. I trust it more. Yeah. It it just, yeah, you do trust it more because it feels official, you know? So yeah. 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 It feels like, it feels like, you know, this person knows their shit, you know, they know what they're doing. That's that's how it feels anyway. But of course, you named it. Uh, this book may save your life. Yes, um, it was a oh, it was yeah. a punchy title, and you know the publishers were like, "Yeah, okay, we got to we got to call it that." And I was a little bit like, "Oh, is that a bit too too clickbaity, too strong?" And then they're <laughs> like, "No, no, no, it's good, it's good." And initially, I was like, mm, "Not sure," but actually, it grew on me. And um, we are, I think we take for granted 
what things can actually improve our health. And it's, it's often the, the small things. So there was a bit of research that came out a few years ago that showed that if you increase your fiber intake by mm -hmm. 10 grams a day, you can lower your bowel cancer risk, your colorectal cancer risk by 10% just <gasps> wow. by increasing your fiber intake by 10 grams. So that can literally save someone's life, like that little piece yeah. of information, right? Um, so that's what I've tried to do. I've like tried to give actionable, easy to do information in the book. Like you see a lot of doctors who write books and they're titled like really fancy things like eat more, live well, and like kind of like punchy titles like that. And they often recommend like, okay, you need to wake up at 4am, have a cold shower, do yoga, God, yeah. eat like a Peruvian quail's egg and eat kale smoothies, and then you'll be healthy. And that is so unsustainable for like, I don't know, a mother of three kids who's working two jobs or a busy person in the finance sector. It's about simple things people can do in their normal lives without completely changing their lives. Yeah. Also, I must point out the way it's written is just fantastic. Like I struggle with just loads of words on a on a page. I find I've got ADHD and I find it hard. I get distracted or I just give up. But if it's stuff that's punchy, I mean, there's headings in there like defecation nation eau de colon um but I got back I absolutely love it and I just think it's really engaging and it like works through so it's like the brain the heart the gut the gut stuff is really interesting really easy to digest <laughs> oh so you didn't oh god he's like yeah I've only heard that 17 times today <laughs> oh I wrote that one down <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Mum's The Word, the parenting podcast. Where we answer the questions you want to hear about parenthood. And provide you with real, honest advice for every stage of your parenting journey. Whether you're a parent-to-be, a new mum like me, navigating those sleepless nights. Or a more experienced parent facing the challenges of raising older kids like me. We've got you covered with relatable stories, expert insights and plenty of laughs along the way. So grab your headphones, a cup of coffee or maybe something stronger. And let's get real about parenting. We're not going to be sugarcoating anything from punamis to piles. Nothing is off limits at Mum's The Word. It's a podcast for all the parents out there, our own little club. Mum's The Word. Listen wherever you get your podcast from and hit follow so you don't miss an episode it is genuinely a, an easy book to read and I already you know skimming it I'm, I'm, I want to read it front to back but um it, it was just so insightful and I love those little facts and things like that because especially I, what I found really interesting in the gut section actually is that um women we get constipation more because we have like a less muscular colon and things like that I mean you know, it's it's just finding out these things. I don't know, like you just don't get taught them, do you? Yeah, it's it's again, that's like an alternative way to think about it. There's, you know, this book I wanted to serve as stuff you wish you were taught at school or by your parents. And mm. it's um, almost thinking about like, you know, a lot of these medical books where they cover the human body, they're always talking about how amazing the human body is. Like, oh, did you know that, you know, so and so and so. And actually the human body, it's actually not that great. You know, it's like a, at best, Brilliant. it's like a B plus, you know, if it was a science project, it's a B plus. And okay. how can you make it better? How can you tweak this machine that's like flawed to make it better? That's like kind of like my funny spin on the book. And I try to write it in the same way I talk on TikTok and Instagram. Mm. That's what I want to capture. 
Nice. So can you give us a couple of those kind of, um, I guess, kind of top tips that we can kind of take away? So the fiber one's brilliant. So in terms of fiber, just in case anyone doesn't know, how do we get more fiber into our diet? What's the best way and kind of easiest way that doesn't involve like, you know, going and actually picking stuff? So, you know, basically any fruit or vegetable and the more you can keep the skin on. So if you eat potatoes, if you're making mm -hmm. fries with the skin on that essentially for a lot of fruits and vegetables that can at least double the fiber content um, and wow. eating basically a range of different colors. So when people say eat the rainbow, that actually mm -hmm. has basis in science, because when a fruit is deeply rich in color, like a plum, for example, it's like a dark purple, that actually means it has a higher concentration of antioxidants, which are natural protective chemicals, which help us reduce our risk of cancer, for example. So things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but also like with other parts of the body, like for example, uh, brain health, brain health and sleep are so closely connected. And actually, it doesn't really matter so much about strictly how long you sleep or specifically what time you sleep, although they are important, it's more important about sleeping and waking at a similar time every single day because our bodies love routine. Um, right. So yeah, there's like little things like that, which kind of debunks things, but also mm -hmm. just gives you simple tips to actually just make small changes. Yeah. So why is that? Is that like the circadian rhythm? Is that is that what that is? So for example, say you go to bed at 11 p.m. every single day and you wake up at 6 a.m. every single day, your body becomes used to that and it organizes the release of certain hormones and chemicals according to that fixed uh, cycle. Mm. If you break that cycle and then you go to bed at midnight or 1 a.m., for example, and then you wake up at 9 a.m., your body is starting to release chemicals at that earlier time. You've still not woken up. So all of the, you know, your digestion is starting to kick in. Um, yeah. chemicals which ensure that you maybe want to go to the toilet start kicking in whilst you're in bed and then when you do want to go to the toilet for example in the morning for number two you may have missed that window and then you're kind of straining you're feeling a bit more constipated and it can just basically throw everything into disarray because it's all about timings the body craves timings and if you miss certain windows like that it can affect your blood sugar control your appetite your mood your energy levels a lot of things mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, TMI, how many times should we be going to the toilet a day? Is there a set amount? There, there is nothing TMI for me. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, true. You've been, yeah. you've been inside many a person. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, in, in, a, in a medical capacity. In a medical capacity. And um, so I like to call it the Goldilocks zone. So anything yeah. from uh, three times a day to three times a week is technically considered normal. But actually, oh, wow. okay. it's not just about how often you go, but also how you feel after you've gone. If you go once a day, but you still feel bloated, or you still have like, you don't feel like you've emptied completely, or, you know, things like that, that could still mean you're constipated. So you could be going every single day, but still actually be constipated. Interesting. I the, the gut thing is. I mean, I keep going back to it. We can see where I clearly have a problem. But um, I I just your case off. Do you well, need to speak to your doctor? <laughs> it's just it's really interesting because everybody is different as well. So you can't really compare yourself to anyone else. Mm. But if you could give like one gut tip to to some to someone, what what would it be? Because I feel like I, I would love to know. <laughs> so I think 
um, you know, obviously our, my, my background is like, I'm obviously Indian. And when I was growing up, my mom would make all of these Indian foods at home. And I've, I've found that Mediterranean food, Indian food, Asian food, a lot of those kind of cultures food, they have a lot of natural probiotics in the food that you eat. So when I was growing up, pretty much a staple of my diet would be kind of pickles with like some curries I've have and also like yogurts. And those are natural, yeah. yeah, like natural and rich in probiotics. And probiotics are live microorganisms that are found in many foods naturally, and they help your guts. I would say in the standard Western diet, it's pretty not only fiber poor, but also probiotic poor as well. And that's yeah. why people reach for supplements. But you don't need supplement. You don't need probiotic supplements. You just need to get them from your food. Right, got you. And is yogurt, that's the main place, isn't it? Yeah, Greek yogurt, yeah. sauerkraut, any pickled vegetables. Uh, oh, those yeah. are great sources I love, of probiotics. I, I love pickles, so that's good. Kimchi, yeah. Vinegar I as do well. eat a lot of kimchi. Yeah, help? also great. Yeah. Guess What's kimchi? I've never heard of that. What? It's like um, uh, it's like cabbage, and you can use other vegetables and carrots and things like that. And it's um, mixed with like, is it, is it Korean? I think. Well, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, Korean. Yeah, it's like fermented but... cabbage. Fermented, yes. Yeah. Oh, so they mix okay. it, and then it's and like when you open it, sometimes it like pops because it lets out that you know the air from it. It's it's really good for you. Like it's it's almost yeah. alive. Got <laughs> <laughs> amazing. I'm definitely not eating that at the minute, so maybe I should. So is it probiotics, fiber? I feel like fibers come up loads. That's a big thing for our gut health. Um, yeah. It's so funny because I feel like gut health's become a bit of a buzzword. Do you? Yeah, massively. And I think it's good that people are taking a greater notice and ownership of their gut health. But also this means because it's become a buzzword and a viral trendy topic, the mm-hmm. pseudoscientists and people trying to sell you snake oil then rear their heads. <laughs> all of these companies selling probiotic supplements, right? Like in all these high street shops, mm. they don't do anything for the average person. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
it's it's crazy as well because I mean yeah again social media TikTok you know the introduction for TikTok shop I mean there were those probiotics that went mad on TikTok shop I bet for you it can be flipping frustrating sometimes watching these videos of these people just pushing these tablets and they don't really know what it does and they're literally being there like yeah it changed my life I I remember in 2020, like, so in the early days of when I was on TikTok, I made Mm. a video saying that probiotic supplements don't do anything for the average person. And I got so much hate and heat for that from so many people in the comments, even though that video did really well. And then now in 2024, more and more people are realizing, actually, yeah, it doesn't do much. And more people are saying it. And so I was like, I've been saying this for years, like it doesn't do much. And um, yeah, it's infuriating, but I feel slowly people are getting the message. But there's, yeah, more people don't understand it doesn't do anything than people who understand the science. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think there's such a thing about antibiotics and probiotics. So you hear this often is, is it just a myth that if you have too many courses of antibiotics, it's it's a problem? Um, it's definitely true. Because mm-hmm. antibio- most antibiotics, not all of them, most antibiotics aren't selective about the type of bacteria they kill. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like nuclear bombs. Like they wipe out the bad guys and as collateral damage, some of the good uh, bugs that we need might get wiped out as well. So if you're on a prolonged course of antibiotics or you're constantly taking loads of different courses for several weeks, that can wipe out and disrupt your microbiome. So your gut bacteria and you can get abdominal pain, diarrhea, things like that. And I swear it strips you literally when a lot of women take antibiotics, strips you of everything good. And then you end up, yeah, with thrush a lot of the time. It's quite a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is when you should increase your fiber and add in probiotics to your food when you're on antibiotics. Yeah. Right. Got you. So that'll help balance it out. And is there a way of kind of, is there, you know, if the damage is done, can you fix it or no? Uh, yeah, it's the uh, thing is that well, the good thing about the microbiome is that it's very versatile and very resilient. So mm-hmm. the food you eat today will show changes in your microbiome tomorrow. It fluctuates on a 24 hour basis. So it takes 24 hours to start seeing changes. So if you just increase your fiber intake today, you'll reap the benefits and you'll see changes tomorrow. That's actually really promising as yeah. someone like I need it fixed yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great news. It is. And it's amazing that you can do it with your diet. And I saw that obviously you are you are the man that debunks the myths in a really fun way um, on socials. But there was one I saw about parasites. Um, it was the lady with her feet in the in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask about parasites because I do feel, again, it's been something that maybe my algorithms have picked up. I'm not sure. Uh, does that say a lot about me? Uh, but is that, is, it, is that a myth? Do we have parasites in our tummy? Like, how does that work? I mean, chances are, if you're living, you know, US, UK, you know, like the kind of de- developed country, it's mm-hmm. a very low probability that you have parasites unless you're partaking in behaviors that increase your risk for it. Like if you're regularly consuming undercooked pork or beef or something like that, or you've got pets and you're not cleaning your pet's poo properly, that increases your risk of potentially having parasites. But most parasites are microscopic. Um, you won't be able to see them with the naked eye. And the ones that you do see, the macroscopic ones, the kind of worm-like ones, it's very unlikely that you will be symptom-free. If you have a parasite, you'll know about it. It will make sure you know. And you just need to see a doctor and get anti-parasitic medication. Definitely not soak your feet somewhere or take a parasite cleanse pill or something like that. Yeah, because I think it's such a thing, isn't it? People go, oh, maybe you've got worms in your stomach. (laughs) 
I mean, you hear like, that a lot. Yeah, like it's such thing is like so the symptoms that correlate with someone having you know intestinal worms or intestinal parasite they're quite vague it's like you have bloating you have abdominal pain you have loose stool and they're really vague symptoms so you could have irritable bowel syndrome you could have inflammatory bowel disease you could have i don't know endometriosis or period problems or there's like literally hundreds of other conditions which can give you those symptoms and the last one which i'd be worried about would be thinking about parasites unless we were having a consultation in like ecuador or in mm -hmm. ghana and then i'll be like yeah maybe it could be parasites right got you wow. so i've not got worms that's brilliant yes <laughs> oh i'm i have a question for you um what do you think about azempic What's so Azempic, yeah, it's um, obviously for people who don't know, it's kind of like the weight loss injection and it oh. works by suppressing your appetite. It's an mm. um, injection that you have. And there's lots of studies, you know, big studies, which show that it does work at helping people lose weight. And it was initially started as uh, a diabetic medication yeah. to help people with type 2 diabetes, to help them with their blood sugar control. And then it was found to lose weight as like a bonus, which people started using now off license to lose weight. People like Elon Musk, for example, uh, Kim Kardashian and everyone. Yeah. Um, I think that it's revolutionary and kind of game changing as opposed to having weight loss surgery for many people because it can rapidly cause weight loss and then improve metabolic markers in a lot of people. It can reverse diabetes, it can help with cholesterol, lipid levels, everything. But it should not be used for someone who is of a normal weight or only slightly overweight who just wants to get fit and get a six pack. It is not yeah. for those people because it could right, be dangerous. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. so it's it's just to yeah because i'm surprised you've you've not seen it robin it's been kind of like well a bit of a bit of a trend but it's been spoken about a lot a lot of people are selling versions of azempic that are not azempic people are offering it oh, i'd wow. see it on my instagram people are offering these these things as a service um you know oh, and they're yeah. injecting people with whatever it is i don't know i've seen some horror stories but i've also seen yeah that some huge huge celebrities the kardashians included are, are using it to lose weight and it has become a massive thing but i was really intrigued to find out because it's so difficult um you know, when you see these things, this is why social media, again, you, you're drawn into these things. You know, if someone's saying that I'm seeing these amazing result, results from X thing, or you see your favorite celebrity and they look, you know, how you want to look, which is just not plausible, but it, it's, I don't know, it's crazy. I was just intrigued to get your thoughts because it's just, yeah, interesting. I mean, I, I saw an example was I saw a young man uh, about a year ago who came in with pancreatitis and inflammation mm. of his pancreas. He was slim guy and i asked him this history you know what his medication history was he wasn't taking anything and then he mentioned oh he was taking a zempic for a few weeks and i said why are you taking a zempic you're not diabetic and you're not morbidly overweight or anything like that and he yeah. said i've got my wedding in a few weeks so i want to get shredded before my wedding and i literally just hung my head and i was like wow you know you've got literally a life-threatening condition now because of that because one of the side one of the potential side effects of azempic is pancreatitis an inflammation yeah. of the pancreas and yeah it's all because of his vanity that he wanted to get a six-pack before his wedding so it's not for those normal weight mm. individuals yeah. yeah it's not worth it just to get snatched is it <laughs> no no i don't think it is hard to be a little bit chubby i think yeah yeah more fun anyway plan. i need to actually get some exercise in cross that <laughs> <off>. <laughs>
<laughs> That's a really good point, actually. Is exercise, obviously, you know, we hate it, you know, doctors, we've known it for years and years, how important exercise is. But how much more important is it than diet? Are they equal? You know, what if you are eating what you want, but you're exercising, is that a better combination or the opposite? Yeah, I think, you know, I like to think of um, health as like a house, right? If you have health as like the roof of the house, uh, the kind of structures and the pillars which hold up that roof are sleep, your diet, your nutrition, your movement, um, your mental health, your social contacts. So it's like a lot of different facets of health go into making your overall fitness and health and mm -hmm. diet is an important part of it and so is exercise so you can't have one or you need both to kind of live a good well-rounded life and i think people can become fixated with exercise as a means to lose weight so exercise alone is going to be difficult to just lose weight because the weight loss mm. happens in the kitchen and the diet and what we eat and mm -hmm. exercise should be a tool not just to lose weight, but actually to make you feel good, to make your mental health better, but also to get stronger. You know, the, the whole purpose of exercise shouldn't be, I'm going to burn a thousand calories in the treadmill. The point of exercise should be like, how can I get more endurance, more stamina, bigger muscles and more strong and more flexible. And the diet can be like, how can I get more fiber? How can I change this meal? So it's slightly lower in calorie and more nutritious. And that's how it should be rather than like obsessively trying to reduce calories or over-exercise. I am. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing to hear because it's so difficult, like I said, especially with social media and comparison and all of that. And I've been a huge victim to, you know, obsessing over the numbers on my fitness pal and, you know, things like that. And, and, and it's not good. And I, I vowed to myself this year, I was like, I want to get healthier. I do want to lose a bit of weight, but that's more just like, I want to tone up and I want to look better again. Cause a couple of years ago, I was really toned. So I was like, I kind of want to get back to that, but I'm going to play the long game this time. And I'm just trying to eat a bit healthier, introduce better foods into my diet, more fruit and veg and move more. Um, I've almost gone on my fitness pal a few times just to try and log stuff, but I was like, I'm going to try and stay away from it just because that's a personal thing. But it's great to hear you say that kind of thing. And I think that we need more voices like that because it's it's just tricky and like, you know, and not to say this doesn't apply to men because of course it does. But I think just women on social media do really struggle. So to have voices like yours saying things like that, I think it's really blooming helpful and don't, you know, ever stop <laughs> spreading messages I mean, like yeah. that because I feel like people need to hear it. I've been I've been at the end of that as well when I was on my fitness pal like literally measuring out gram by gram of how much mm. butter I was putting on my toast and I was like this is I'm, terrible I was I, I was every single garlic clove even half the clove like wow. I was it was yeah <laughs> guys you have commitment that I do not possess like it's that's not <laughs> it's not good it's more of a bad obsession yeah, but it's it's yeah. it's difficult because it is a good way and like calorie deficit and all of this like yeah. you said you know, people say, I don't know, you know, 80, 20 or whatever, 80 being mm. the food, 20 extra, like to actually lose the weight, you're right, it's calorie deficit, that is fact, you have yeah. to, you know, eat yeah. less calories than you're burning off. But, um, but yeah, it's difficult, you can get in, you know, really tricky situations. And I've had that before. But I think it's just educating people on being healthier. And I have that mindset, this, I don't know what's happened. I'm going to come off my pills today. I'm trying to get oh, healthy. You women. <laughs> I'm honestly, I am, I am Dr. <laughs> it's all, it's all happening, but it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's refreshing to hear people like yeah. you. I think it's important. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned just there about your mental health in terms of exercise and things like that. Um, I know that there's been a lot of information, I imagine lots of misinformation as well. How is the gut 
um, linked to kind of feelings of anxiousness? And is it linked or is that, again, just in our minds? Yeah, no, there's a, there's like a growing body of evidence now which suggests that there is a link. So it's called the, the gut brain microbiota axis so mm -hmm. your intestines and your entire digestive system the brain and all the microbes they're all interconnected and they're all connected via the main superhighway with the nerve called the vagus nerve and it's thought that these gut bugs they're kind of alive and they do whatever they want and they release neurotransmitters and chemicals which can mm -hmm. influence our mood and there have been studies oh. done for example i think it was the um in Cork University in Ireland, they took um, the gut bacteria from a, a person with depression and they took the gut bacteria and the, did a fecal transplant, so a poo transplant, and put those gut bugs in a mouse. And that mouse started to display clinical signs of depression. And they did the same thing with autism and found the same thing as well. And they put the fecal bacteria from a overweight mouse into a normal mouse. And that normal mouse became overweight after some time. So we know now that the gut bacteria influences mood and beyond. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I guess I guess the big question is, and I don't even know if anyone has the answer or if you have the answer at all, but like what what is it then that we can kind of do as I get it to make sure that we're kind of preventing that anxiousness? Is it like you say, just that balance that we need? So it's almost like keeping those gut bugs happy. And right. the majority, so you get good and bad gut bugs, the, uh, the kind of microbes in there. Uh, the good ones generally feast on fiber and they thrive on that. And that's how they can outcompete and kill off the bad ones who generally prefer um, maybe things like which are higher processed meats and things like that. Right. And you'll find if you have a diet that is very heavy in meats, and especially processed, ultra-processed items that will beneficially increase the amount of bad bacteria that are in there that are not helpful for you and kill off the good ones that can make you maybe more anxious and affect your mood and your daily life. If you have a higher fiber diet with lots of antioxidants and prebiotic fibers and probiotics, then that keeps your gut happy and by extrapolation, your brain happy as well. Oh, so we really do. There is no shortcut. That is that no. is what I'm getting. There is no shortcut. We yeah. need to just be eating like healthier, a wider range and having, I guess, balance is life. If you were to give kind of one tip to someone kind of like in their late 20s, going into the early 30s or already in their early 30s, I always think that there's quite a there's quite a life shift at that point in your life where you kind of start caring a little bit more and not as bothered about, you know, Magaluf and things like that. What would your like number one tip be, do you think? Uh, number one tip would be don't make sweeping changes necessarily in your life because restriction and going swinging the pendulum the other way can often be counterintuitive and you can see some short-term gains and then eventually you might relapse even worse than before so it's right. actually about making small changes so if you are increasing your fiber for example start with just increasing it by five grams a day mm -hmm. uh, instead of aiming for twenty thousand steps a day maybe increase it from your current two thousand to five thousand and then six thousand seven or mm -hmm. uh, you know if you're cutting calories don't cut by a thousand calories, cut it by a hundred or 200. And it's making small changes that work for you and around your life and not depriving yourself 
of still the things that you enjoy. Am I saying that you should never have a Krispy Kreme again? No, Krispy Kremes are amazing, but maybe don't have 12 yes, in a day. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's brilliant. And I think as well, like you say, because it is all kind of interlinked and things like that um, with the mental aspect as well in, in your brain and things, I actually weirdly think it would kind of make it more sustainable as well when you make those smaller changes and oh, yeah. do it incrementally. Never never works when you when you try and change everything. I'm I'm such I do it all the time. So stupid. I try and change everything all at once and it just doesn't work. Um that was incredibly, incredibly interesting. Honestly, I've learned so much. I could talk to you about this for hours, but um we better not. But I I just before we finish, I'm intrigued to find out just a bit more about you as a person we, we've just entered January uh some a bleak month for some I feel like my mindset has shifted a bit but what's your I guess sort of personal business goals or what what are you up to at the moment what are you looking to achieve this year you know whether it be yeah personal or career stuff um well you know what like it's uh it's typical um you know, so obviously my parents were Asian family, Asian parents, they've been trying to get me married for years. <laughs> so, you know, a goal of mine this year is to focus more on myself mm. and, you know, find find the right person. That's the that's one of my goals this year. Oh man. That's a lovely that's, goal. I really I like that. that. I mean, look. Dr. Kerr and I even got married on TV and it didn't work out. So I'm very much in the, uh, the single camp. So uh, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one for me this year. And I just feel like if I get everything else in check, like I said, mindset, health, you know, happiness mm. and all of that, that hopefully <laughs> things will happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Manifest. And if not, I'm sure they're casting for the next series of Married at First Sight. If you've got any time, <laughs> Doctor, you'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for your time because we realise how precious it is with everything you have going on, even more so. So thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. We told you he was amazing and what a laugh we had. And obviously I put my foot in it. Oh, why do I always do that so <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be you if you didn't. I, I absolutely... <laughs> I know, but I was like, come on, Robin, we're giving mature in this episode. Why did you have to do that? <laughs> uh, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Hopefully you guys learned a lot as listeners. He, the way that he has written his book and the way that it comes across is fantastic. If you want to grab it, it's called This Book May Save Your Life and it might just do that. It's out now and yeah, I'd highly recommend it. I've, I've given it a skim read, but I am going to read that thing front to back. Yeah, it really is the perfect set of health hacks and myth debunking that can educate us on those really awkward topics that we just don't talk about. Or sometimes we do, but we don't know what's true and what's not. So it really gives us the advice on how to live our best health healthy 2024 lives it certainly does and thank you again for listening we hope to get more guests like this i think it was amazing having you know a professional's opinion if you've got any ideas as to who you want to see on the pod please let us know you can send them into at the loose lips podcast or contact at loose or you can get us on our own instagrams which is at robin richford with a y or mine which is at sophie hl brown absolutely and when we kind of look at behind the the pod the kind of analytics of everything there's so many of you listening but there's such a high percentage of those people listening that aren't subscribed and that haven't followed yet so if you can just press that follow or subscribe button it would mean so much to us because it really does help us get these huge guests on that are really going to give us all the info that we need to be living our best lives thanks a lot guys i will see you next time bye
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.